Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome, folks, once again to the final regular season edition of Season 1 of the Highlanders Podcast, Episode Number David Justice, or Ruben Rivera, or Chad Curtis, um, Ruben Sierra, whoever whoever you choose. Uh, no real walkaway winners here. Maybe a Melky Cabrera or a Shelly Duncan. You remember his hot start with the Yankees way back when. But Episode Number 28, um, and we're finishing up here the 2020 shortened 60-game regular season. Um, and we're going to do things a little bit different this this week as far as the format's concerned where we will uh, kind of do some breaking news here up top and then we will break down instead of doing last week's weekly recap we'll kind of do a season end uh, 2020 regular season recap and then we will do a postseason preview uh, after that before the mailbag so um, 2020 season for the Yankees what was it? Uh, it was really a tale of two teams uh, an incredibly hot start where they looked like world beaters. And on paper, this team was world beaters. Uh, they were supposed to be. And then what happened? Well, the same thing that's happened the last few years for the Yankees. Injuries, injuries, and lots of them. So essentially what we're looking at is the Yankees pre-injuries and the Yankees post-injuries. Um, I mean, in the second half, unfortunately, well, let's let's be honest. Last year, they broke a record for most guys on the injured list. Um you would say that couldn't happen again two years in a row. Well, it did. A uh, problem with this season is is a shortened season. Now, had this happened in a full 162-game season, maybe these injuries get spaced out. Maybe you don't feel them as hard. But when every one game is counting for four, it's a big deal. And the Yankees went from essentially running away with the American League East to scratching and clawing the last week of the season to make the playoffs. Um, and the difference, obviously, these guys were out. Um, and last year, they were able to win over 100 games because you had guys overperform. You had a Mike Tockman come up. You had um, Austin Romine. You had uh, Brett Gardner have a career year. You had guys that you weren't counting on on paper in the beginning of the year really come up huge for the team. And that was the difference. This year, that didn't happen. These guys came up, and they were there. Tockman was there. Obviously, Romine's gone. 
Um, Higgy performed admirably once he came back from injuries, but he was hurt also. So you guys got like Eric Kratz you got to count on. Um, I mean, there was at one point the team that we were putting out there was barely a double-A team. Um, and unfortunately, they just couldn't keep up with uh, the rest of the teams they were playing against at full strength. So, I mean, it was what it was. Um, they made it. And essentially, this is the year that it does not matter how you make it, just that you make it. Outside of the first round, there will be no home field advantage. And even in the first round, yes, you'll be in an opposing team stadium. The Yankees will be in Cleveland, but there'll be no fans there. So a little bit different. But um, as we recap the season in, in this next uh, phase of the show, before we do that, I just wanted to um, thank everyone for listening to the show, uh, supporting the show week after week. Uh, the numbers are great. We continue to get new listeners, uh, listeners in the U.S. and all over the world. Uh, Eleven countries at last count have downloaded the show, so I appreciate that. Um, we're going to continue the show through the season, through the postseason. Um, we will do a final wrap-up, uh, hopefully culminating in the end of the World Series with the Yankees' 28th championship. But should they happen to fall before then, we will do a year-end show uh, a couple days or a day after the final game. Um, and then we will continue during the off-season with uh, periodic uh, episodes um, around other baseball events, you know, the winter meetings, free agency. They will not. It will not be a weekly show, but we will put some stuff out there. Um, and you can always feel free to go back into the archives and check out any one of the, which will be 30 plus episodes uh, of the show that we've done so far. Again, uh, not intended to work this way. Um, this was fully intended, this show to launch uh, before spring training in Tampa when I went up to watch the team practice before uh, position players had even shown up. Uh, and if you want to look at some of the videos of that, you can go to the YouTube page, Highlanders Podcast, and see some of the, the photos and um, videos from that day. Uh, it was going to be a weekly uh, half hour, the 45-minute show, where we recapped uh, the Yankees week that was, breaking news about the Yankees, and stuff about the world of baseball. Um, definitely changed. Uh, there were some episodes in there once baseball stopped that had nothing to do with the current Yankees. Uh, where we were just talking about random baseball movies and this and that, and maybe some baseball news. Um, so that is in the past, and hopefully next year we will get started. Uh, same situation. We're going to start season two of the show uh, up in Tampa at George M. Steinbrenner Field. Four practices is a trip that I make every year to make sure that we're ready um, and to go for a weekly show, and hopefully uh, nothing interrupts this coming year. So, again, thank you guys for listening, and now let's talk about the recap. Alright guys, uh, the weekly recap. This week we're going to do, like I said, a little bit something different where we actually talk about the 2020 season as a whole. And again, didn't think we'd be talking about it this quickly, but the 60 game shortened season is where we're at. The Yankees are in the playoffs, so let's talk about that season that was. So, so far so good. Successful season for the Yanks. We're in the playoffs. Um, we're in the hunt. Um, we've got as good as chance as anybody else at taking the championship, and we'll see what happens. Um, we'll preview that in just a second. But let's look back at 2020 and some of the interesting numbers and some of the things that we can discuss about how the Yankees did. Um, right off the bat, uh, let's start with pitching because there wasn't as many injuries besides the Tommy Canley injury um, to the actual pitching rotation. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to talk about. Now let's talk about the, uh, you know, the elephant in the room, and that is how did Garrett Cole do? 
Um, well, I mean, okay. If you listen to the show, you guys heard me talk about how, you know, he was okay, but not spectacular. Um, I just thought he was, he, he was a little above average in most of his starts. He did not look dominant. And then as you do more research and you watch the television broadcast, they'd show up his numbers from last year and how he kind of did the same thing last year and uh, took a little while to get going. And then the second half of the year really exploded. Now, that being said, if you look at his actual stats, you know, 12 games, 73 innings pitch, seven wins, three losses with a sub ERA of under three at 284. Um, I mean, okay, 94 strikeouts to 17 walks. His whip was 0.96. You take those stats all day. He's your number one starter for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. I, I was expecting him to go out there and be lights out every single time. He did give up a ton of home runs. The majority of them were solo home runs, uh, but he did give up a ton of home runs this year. Um, but listen, you cannot argue with those results. If you would have told me, you know, any pitcher on your rotation is going to go 7-3, and three, with an under three ERA and 94 strikeouts to 17 walks, I would have signed up for it in a second. So um, overall good, but this is this is not what we got him for. We didn't get him for regular season wins. It was a foregone conclusion, although the Yankees made it closer than it needed to be that they were going to make the postseason. Uh, we got him for it to be the ace in the playoffs in that game one. And uh, we got a heck of a matchup coming up. And again, we'll talk about that in the uh, preview section of the next segment. But as far as the pitching rotation besides that, um, Jay Happ struggled early on in the season but really came on strong. He's going to finish up with nine games pitched. And, of course, there was a controversy where they hold him off to, to block his incentives. Um, you know, we'll never know. It is what it is. Um, I think Hat pitched fantastic down the stretch in some games. I think he really showed his stuff. Um, again, he's another victim of the long ball. He likes to give up home runs. How that plays in the playoffs, I don't know. There's a lot of debate. Uh, will uh, Debbie Garcia take his spot? Will he be the fourth spot? You're going to need four starters, uh, even in a three-game series. So... We'll see, but he finishes up, you know, with, with a decent year in nine games. I mean, um, long story short, he was a victim of the long ball. So he finishes up with a 2-2, two and two, with a 3-4-7 ERA. Um, I mean, respectable. I'm sure not the year he was looking for as he's going into a free agent year. I'm sure he was looking for a little bit more, but um, actually, I'm sorry, Hap's not in a free agent year. He's in an option year. Um, the rest of the rotation, uh, listen, another lost year for Paxton. Uh, Paxton got hurt. And really was not a factor um, down the stretch. Not going to be available in the playoffs. Um, five games that he started. Um, I mean, it is what it is. You were hoping to get at least 10 out of these guys. Five games he started. I mean, he looked okay out there. The only two real rocks in the rotation. Well, I shouldn't say rocks. The guys who got the most starts were, you know, Tanaka, Cole, and Montgomery. And Montgomery with a real hot ERA of 5'11". Now, a couple of blowouts did not help him at all. Finishing a two and three record, Tanaka finishing with a three five six ERA, kind of what you expect for Tanaka. Um, again, Tanaka's always just been okay in the regular season, and then lights out in the postseason, and we will take that all day. So if he's our number two starter, game two, and he's lights out, I will take that every single day of the of the week. Um, he's in a walk year. Um, very interesting to see what the Yankees decide to do with him. Uh, you know the story with Tanaka when he first got here was that his his shoulder was torn and he was going to have Tom, have Tommy John and miss two years. Um, played through it, pitched through it, and I mean the first year or two, uh, every time he took the mound, you were just waiting for it to tear. Now, you know, some are saying maybe that's why he pitches the way he does in the regular season and doesn't have doesn't go all out because he's protecting himself. 
so that he can be out there and live up to the contract, and then the playoffs he just lets it loose. Is that the difference? I don't know. But if he's a, you know, if he's just throwing it to get by in the regular season, he's still doing pretty darn good. So um, standouts in the bullpen. I mean, obviously the story is going to be Debbie Garcia coming up and starting six games, finishing the year with an under five ERA. Um, not terrific. I mean, he was really, really dominant in his first couple starts and then started to get hit a little bit towards the end. I think the rest of the league started to figure him out as you get film on him. Um, everyone talks about his poise. How he is calm and relaxed, uh, nothing seems to bother him. Well, that's going to be good because uh, he's going to go through some trials and tribulations. I would not expect him to be uh, in a rotation next year. I would be very surprised. Uh, I would definitely see him starting AAA and getting some more starts down there. But again, stranger things have happened. We'll have to see what happens with Paxton, who's a free agent, and uh, Tanaka, who's a free agent. So if we lose two of those guys, it could be very possible that it will be necessary for... Uh, Debbie Garcia to be in this rotation. Maybe he's ready. I don't know. From my point of view looking at it, I'd like to see him start in AAA and maybe work his way up sometime throughout the year next year. Um, bullpen had issues only with injury with Chapman. Uh, Tommy Kinley out, obviously, most of the year. Done very early on. Chapman with the COVID. Got a late start. Um, listen, Chapman started, started 13 games. So he did get some games in. Um, There's a lot of blowout, blowout one way or the other games for the Yankees this year. That kind of stopped him from uh, appearing quite a bit. But uh, Chapman, guys, you've heard me say this before. The guy throws hard, but everybody throws hard now. I mean, everybody throws hard. Um, and he's got to develop more. You know, that slider is that secondary pitch. And he's got to be able to throw that for strikes. And it's not a consistent strike right now. Or at least it's not fooling people. You know, and they can hit the fastball now. You know, he's not up at 102 anymore. He jacks it up to like 98, 99, 100, 101, I think. He's topped that out at this year, but he's not throwing 103 anymore. And, you know, he doesn't have great location on that fastball. It's almost like he doesn't know where it's going to go. You know, he's gotten in trouble. He's got he's hit some guys. He's been wild. He's loaded bases. You know, I guess I guess maybe we just got spoiled. You know, we had Mo for so long where it was just automatic. He went out there and it was automatic. And that is not the case anymore. So, But overall, if I was going to grade the actual pitching rotation, I would say it's a solid B, B-minus this year. Um, the bullpen, which was supposed to be its super strength, at times was not. It was kind of its weakness. I'd say the starting rotation performed actually better than the bullpen. Again, this year is going to be kind of skewed when you're talking about seven inning games and double headers and calling up extra arms, so it's all a little bit crazy. But if I had to judge the actual overall rotation, bullpen, everything, I would have to say solid, solid BB minus. So offensively, there's two big standouts, obviously. Um, DJ LeMahieu, La Machine. Um, winning the actual batting title, the first player in the history of Major League Baseball to not only win it in the American League, but the National League as well. Um, I mean, what, what what can you say about this guy? This guy is literally that has the perfect name, nickname, and that is the machine. Fit, played 50 games out of the 60, and that's even with being having developing COVID and being a separate stint on the IL. The guy just guy puts his heart out on and he comes to work, grabs his lunchbox, and gets to work. Plays an incredible defense, plays all over the infield. The guy, you just want him in pinstripes forever. And I got to say, he does the one thing that we don't have a lot of guys that do, and that is just slap the ball around. Hit the ball here, hit the ball there. Not looking to drive the ball out of the ballpark every single time he does, although he did take advantage of that right field short porch quite a bit this year. Um, he, is a, he is a regular ball player, and, and we need that. We need that kind of guy. Look, the Yankees are going to lock him up, I have no doubt. In his press conference yesterday, he was asked, uh, does he want to be here? He said, of course, he wants to be here. Um, 
He said, uh, you know, he's made it clear that he wants to be here. But he also said, hey, he never thought he'd leave Colorado. And here he is in New York. So I have no doubt that the Yankees will pay him whatever he needs to be paid. And he'll be locked down forever. Now, I, we're going to talk about some of the guys. But, I mean, if we look at this, if we look at the actual season ending, DJ LeMahieu injured. Uh, Urshela was on the injured list. Uh, Judge was on the injured list. Higgy was on the injured list. Stanton was on the injured list. Torres was on the injured list. Uh, and on and on and on. So, essentially, some of these these stats are going to be a little bit skewed. Um, we can go with the bad first. Well, let's, let's stay with the good as we went to DJ LeMahieu. And we'll go to Voight. Voight, who actually carried this team 56 games out of 60. Finish at 277 and 22 dingers um, to win the actual home run title for the American League as well. So the Yankees have the batting champion and the home run champion on the same squad. Pretty impressive. And I got to say, Voight single-handedly carried this team on his back for quite a few nights and quite a few wins. I mean, he was a monster. And, uh, you know, I was suspect whether his defense could hold up. He seems to be playing a very serviceable first base. And you got to think to yourself, how did some teams miss him? You know, how do teams not see what they see? And you got to give credit to the Yankees scouting and Brian Cashman to them for, for finding this diamond in the rough. And he just finishes with a great year. So um, other standouts, Gio Urshela. Again, I have to eat some crow here. I predicted by the end of the season, Miggy would be the everyday third baseman. I did not think Gio would be able to repeat offensively. But the guy finishes the year batting 298, just under 300. And he came up with some big hits. He would be the next guy that I would say behind DJ LeMahieu, which would be an all-around baseball guy who, who, who can hit the ball anywhere. Defensively, there's no question. He is absolutely a wizard at third base. Hands down, probably our best defender on the team at any position. Um, but offensively, he's proved that he can hit. And if this guy can hit 300, for God's sakes, and continue to put up the numbers he's putting up, six home runs, uh, 30 RBIs, which would equate to, you know, 100 plus, 140, 150 RBIs in a 162 game season, you'll take that all day. So um, those are the standouts for the most part. But anyway, uh, as we look down, some other guys, Clint Frazier started out real hot. He finally got his opportunity with a lot of injuries, got to start 39 games, started out real hot and then kind of sputtered out a little bit. Uh, I love his energy. I love his speed. Uh, I think ultimately he will be the utility the utility outfielder for us if we don't bring Brett Gardner back, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but besides that, Hicks, a solid. Uh, Miguel Andohar up and down again. I mean, I think he was up and down about six times from the alternate site. Never really got a chance to get going. But, I mean, I don't know what you do with Miggy. I don't know. Next year, um, he doesn't really have a position, and Gio is playing him off of this roster. Um and, you know, he's not going to be an outfielder. We've got too many outfielders with Stanton and Judge and Hicks. So I honestly don't know where he fits in. I love his bat, but I don't know where he plays. Uh, and you need that DH spot for our older guys. And the way that they rest players these days, you need it. Um, so that brings us to, you know, the Talkmans of the world, the Higgies. Higashosa, Higgy, I can't say his last name, Higgy, who looks like he's going to be Garrett Cole's everyday pitcher, everyday catcher now. Hit some big home runs. He's had a three-home run game. They always thought he had power, um, just not necessarily going to hit for average. But as far as that's concerned, I mean, 10, 10 home runs is pretty impressive seeing as how he missed a big chunk of this shortened season. So um, that's about it offensively for the guys. Uh, besides the struggles of uh, Gary Sanchez, I mean, awful. Finishes the year batting a buck 47. 
Uh, 10 home runs, 24 ribbies. Again, 10 home runs, definitely solid for this type of year, for sure. But uh, not what you're looking to see out of him. And you can definitely see that it affects him. It affects his defensive skills. It affects everything around him. He seems to get in a funk. And when he gets in a funk, it's not good for him. And it's not good for the Yankees. So we'll see how that goes going into next year. Um, they tinkered with his defense this year. Do they go back to the way it was before? Um, because that seems to really be throwing him off. Not to mention, I think he's going to get hurt. You know, the way he's continuing to change his form. And the way he doesn't look comfortable back there. He's going to end up taking one to the head or something like that and get hurt. And uh, I don't know. I, I also don't see him as an everyday catcher. I see, see him as a first baseman or a DH down the line. And maybe with no pressure of calling a game, maybe that benefits him somewhere or another. I don't know. Um, Torres, just an average year. Um, not great, not bad. A lot of errors in the field. Defense came up very, very big. Or I should say very, a lack of defense came up very, very big, especially the last couple weeks of the year. Uh, Tyler Wade was a good utility guy. Um, he, got some, he got some play, but he was essentially their backup shortstop. They did not have a real backup shortstop. Um, and I don't know if they'll look to address that in the offseason or not. Assuming that the infield that you have coming back next year is Voight, LeMayhew, Glaber, and Urshela, I don't know who your backup is, if it's Tyler Wade, if he's done enough. You know, I mean, guy batted 170. So I don't know. It doesn't seem to be that he's carrying weight. He's got a couple big hits and a couple big home runs, but for the most part, awful offensively. So we'll see what they decide to do. But as far as overall... Um, we got a quick look at some of these guys like uh, Esteban Florio and a couple guys, Debbie Garcia, a couple of these young kids coming up. So the future is bright down there on the farm. Hopefully, you know, we can bring them up and develop in time rather than have to force them up. So if you had to judge the actual Yankees lineup, which, you know, is you know what it is. It's home run or bust. They hit home runs, they win. They don't hit home runs, they lose. Um, they made the playoffs with that lineup, even with it being out. So I'd have to also give that maybe a solid B, B minus, maybe a C plus offensively for the Yanks this year. Um, as we talk about, um, you know, the, the bright spots, you know, of the Yankees, the Yankees lineup offensively, we got to talk about how they approach the actual Cleveland Indians who they're going to play next year. And before we get off of the topics, I said next year, next week, before we get off the topic of players, Brett Gardner, um, I don't know if you guys saw the video or not, if not, Google it. Um, before he left the field yesterday's game, or as he's leaving the field, he's one of the last guys leaving the dugout, and he takes a step down the tunnel, turns back around, walks up the stairs, and tips his cap to an empty Yankee Stadium, you know, not knowing if that will be the last time he's ever played a game in Yankee Stadium. Listen, I love Gardy. He's a fire, par- he's a fire plug. His skills, I mean, he went from being a monster offensively last year to being a severe liability this year. I love his fire. I love his, I love his passion. I love him as a leader. But uh, listen, it's your skills sometimes tell you when it's time to step down. I do not see the Yankees re-signing him next year. Um, we need that backup outfielder spot. Defensively, he can still go. He's still got wheels. He can run. But offensive, offensively, he can't hit. And we can't really have that liability in there, even if he's a great defender. When you have younger guys at cheaper contracts like a Mike Tauchman or something like that, who didn't look great down the stretch either. So I don't know. Maybe... Miguel Andohar can take over that spot in the outfield and get him some at-bats. I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but we'll see. All right, guys, we take a quick look uh, into the first-round playoff series. Uh, three-game series in Cleveland against the Indians. Um, 
there's a couple fun things to look at and a couple things if you're a Yankee fan to be concerned with. Obviously, their starting rotation is a beast. Uh, Cleveland does know how to pitch. At least there are a couple of starters at the top end of the rotation for sure. It is going to be a challenge. The Yankees are not going to have an easy time at it as far as hitting. Uh, it was interesting yesterday where the Yankees did not know if they were going to Chicago or if they were going to Cleveland or where was what. Uh, an exciting end to the season. As far as I'm concerned, I like all the games ending at the same time. And everybody kind of figuring out what's going to happen at the same time or what their fate is. But, all right. Here's my biggest issue with the Yankees as we go into this playoffs. It's not the pitching because I think Garrett Cole and Tanaka will come up big. And that's what you need, the one-two punch in a three-game series, obviously. It's the offense. And did the offense have time to get going? They did not look good down the stretch. Um, and I know they rested some guys. And I know you could say they weren't playing for very much. But uh, to me, they were playing to get ready. They were playing to get fired up. You want to be hot. You want to be on a winning streak and winning games when you go into the playoffs. And the Yankees really limped into the playoffs. Again, granted, I know they didn't have anything to play for. But these guys were out for so long, they really needed, really needed to get into a groove, I think. So there's a couple key things that we need to look at. Um, one of the biggest things defensively or pitching rotation-wise, believe it or not, is not actual pitching because I think the rotation will be fine. I think the, the, the bullpen will be fine. I think those guys will show up. There's two questions. So is Higgy going to be the actual catcher for Garrett Cole game one? Um, if he is, that's interesting. What do you do with Gary Sanchez? Does he DH? Does he sit out? Um, do you take his bat out of a, lot of a first playoff game when you need, when, you know, one, one loss can really do it for you in the season when you're talking about a three-game set? Um, the other thing, as far as the bullpen is concerned, I would say uh, you're looking, you're pretty solid with what you have at the end of the bullpen. Uh, Chapman is always an adventure at the end of the game, but the Yankees' formula should work the same. You know, once you get to the sixth inning, you should be able to go to Britton, Green, and Chapman to close out games. Now, listen, another thing that we're going to have to take into account is there's no days off this year. Because they're being played all the games at one site, there's no built-in travel days, which means you can't bring back your ace uh, for game four, for game three like you normally would on three days rest because there is no three days rest. You're playing back to back to back. The Yankees are going to have to decide whether it's Debbie Garcia or Jay Happ that's pitching game three. Um, I'm leaning towards Happ just because of the experience. Uh, and if you needed to, maybe Debbie Garcia out of the bullpen. I don't even know if he's ever done that before. But that's what I would do. I feel confident, believe it or not, even though with some shaky starts from Britain and these guys in the bullpen, I think they'll be fine. So as far as other questions, um, as far as the batting is concerned, it's basically can these guys stay healthy? Is Stanton and Judge and Hicks and Garner, can these guys stay healthy through this constant back-to-back-to-backs? You can't rest them like you've been doing right now. You can't baby them. These guys are going to have to play three games in a row, maybe take a dog day off, play another four games in a row. Are they going to be able to do that and play against the highest level? This has always been a problem with the Yankees the last couple of years in the playoffs has been getting the big hits when they need them when they're facing better pitching. Sure, you can pound, you know, 20 runs against some bad teams, but what do you do when you have an ace out there in a mound of Verlander against Houston or whatever, or Garrett Cole for that matter, in previous years staring at you? So, um, listen, it's going to be a tough series. It's definitely not going to be a cakewalk. Um, part of me is happy we did not get the Twins um, because I think, believe it or not, you're tempting fate. Everyone was so happy. Oh, well, we beat the Twins like a drum. That all ends. You know, we used to beat the Red Sox like a drum, too. And uh, then there was a few years there where they beat us like a drum, so it is what it is. Um, essentially, as far as the schedule is concerned, the Yanks are going to play uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday and Wednesday, 7 p.m. first pitch, 
and both of those games will be on ESPN, so pretty convenient for everybody to see. Um, if they get past that first round, they're going to play the winners of the Rays and the Blue Jays. Now, assuming the Rays advance and assuming the Yankees advance, that is going to be a very, 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 very interesting divisional series, not just for me, a diehard Yankee fan, but for baseball in general with all the heat that those teams left with the last time Tampa was in town. So um, it's going to be a fun series. Listen, it's playoff baseball, guys. I'm pumped up. I know you guys are pumped up. It is what it is. We're going to get after it, and hopefully this is the start of something. Um, as far as the location, the first round of the playoffs are going to be in Cleveland at the home teams or the higher seed team stadium. And then after that, everything will be a neutral site. The American League teams will then relocate to San Diego for the divisional and the championship uh, for the pennant round. And then Texas for the World Series. National League teams will be in L.A. Um uh, at Texas and then L.A. So it sets up nicely for the Yankees. Uh, I think the Yankees would be favored to win this, seeing as how on paper they do have most of their guys in the lineup. Now, big difference between pencil, penciling Aaron Judge's name in there or penciling him in when essentially he's still in spring training mode because, seriously, he never really got what he needed as far as spring training is concerned. So you gotta you got to hope that these guys stay healthy. you got to hope that they get hot. And they've got to clean up some of the defensive mistakes that they've been making the last week. I don't. It just looks like they've been sleepwalking. So very nervous about that. Very nervous about uh, will they be able to turn it on for these this this first round of the playoffs? Obviously, hey, two games and you're done. Your season's over. So a quick two-game losing streak or a two out of three losing streak, and your season is over. So the Yanks need to fire it up, and they need to fire it up pronto. guys as we get to the last mailbag of the regular season of the year i want to thank everybody for continuing to send in your comments and questions and suggestions and fun yankee trivia and yankee miscellaneous stuff um, i appreciate getting all of it and again highlanderspodcast at gmail.com where you can send me anything you need on that and the social media is at highlanders pod on twitter and highlanders podcast on facebook and instagram so today's question is from margaret h margaret h from rhode island and Margaret H. is question, I'm a big Brett Gardner fan, and I'm just curious if you think that they will bring him back next year. Well, I kind of touched on this in the postseason, um, or I should say the regular season uh, wrap-up. Um, if I'm the general manager of the New York Yankees, I do not bring Brett Gardner back. And again, I know he is a spark plug, and thank you for your question, by the way, Margaret. I appreciate it. Um, he's a leader. He's, uh, he's full of piss and vinegar. I love him. I wish everybody played hard like he did. But skills-wise, I really think that last year with all the home runs was an anomaly. I don't think that was Brett Gardner. I think he had a career year as far as home runs were concerned. He never came close to hitting that many home runs before in his past. It was very easy to do with the way this lineup was, you know, blasting home runs. He had a lot of protection. Um, where does he play is the question. A judge isn't going anywhere. Hicks, you just re-signed to a no-contract. And Stanton, who, lucky for us, opted in. I'm being sarcastic there to the rest of his deal, has another seven years on his deal. So he's going to be roaming left field and DH for a long time, a long, long time. So I don't know where Brett Gardner fits in. I mean, you can make a case for him as your primary backup, but I don't know once the rosters go down to the regular 26. And again, they did up it this year. Technically, if the season would have went on a schedule to 26 rather than 25. Um, 
do you carry two outfielders, two backup outfielders? I don't know. Um, does Talkman make one of those spots? Does Miguel Andohar in spring training fight for one of those spots? Uh, is he going to come in for a cheap contract, Brett Gardner, for what he, you know, what he, what he did this year? You'd be paying him for his past performance. Or do you have a nice ceremony? You bring him back, let him throw out the first pitch of the game. Hopefully, after the Yankees win a World Championship, and he rides off into the sunset like a hero. You know, we all can't go out like CC. You know, CC had literally, to me, the best ending to a, a pro sports career in, in the world. Literally, guy pitched until his arm fell off. I mean, literally. Popped out of the socket. His arm basically said there was nothing left to give, and that's how he retired. So, um, and went on to be, uh, this year, to be a pretty good ambassador and a, and a fun guy, as you knew he was going to be. So, um, uh, again, to get it back to Brett Gardner, I don't know. I don't know if they bring him back. If you're asking me, I wouldn't. Unless he's going to come back on a super, super cheap deal um, and get very limited playing time. And, I mean, listen, if it wasn't for injuries, you wouldn't have seen very much of Brett Gardner this year. You know, he would have been on the bench for most of the year. So, although I love him, I think he's a place, he's always going to be around the team. I think he'd be great with the younger guys and training him. Um, I don't think you'll ever see his number retired. I don't think he's done enough as a Yankee, to be quite honestly, individually. Part of some great teams, but him himself never had that massive year that I would say, yeah, you know, you know, he's one for the record books. Um, I think he hit his peak last year, and I think uh, we're, we're seeing a slow decline now. Now, the guy said he wants to play. So if the Yankees don't sign him and he goes somewhere else, yeah, it's going to be weird to see him in another uniform. But, you know, it's weird to see Dini in a Phillies uniform this year. You know, we've been there. The guys finally leave, leave the Yanks and end up somewhere else. Um, and if he does, we wish him luck. Uh, you know, but I'd hate to see him honestly play for somebody else. I'd really rather see him just play for us, uh, be a Yankee his whole career, and ride off into the sunset, hopefully with a championship this year. So, again, any questions that you have as uh, the next time we will talk, or we record, the first round of the playoffs will be over, and we will either be previewing a matchup with the Rays or the Blue Jays, or we will be talking about the utter collapse of your New York Yankee and my New York Yankee team for the 2020 season. Fingers crossed, gang. Right, gang as we wrap up episode number 28 of the highlanders podcast and again guys there was going to be way more editions than 28 or 30 editions of the show obviously corona had something to say with that i do want to thank everybody once again for checking out the show uh, listening to it suggesting it to other people it's been a lot of fun uh, hopefully i'm getting better as the weeks go on and more interesting and next year um I'm working on another format where we can actually get guests and talk to some guests. Uh, there is a, a co-worker of mine who's a pretty passionate Rays fan. I'm going to look to incorporate that a little bit maybe and turn this more into a two-man show where we can bounce some ideas back and forth and argue about some stuff. But once again, I'm hoping that we're talking uh, this time next week about a Yankees preview matchup with the Rays. Um, and not how the Yankees' 2020 season has come to a horrible end. That being said, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it, and go Yanks. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> he like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs>